because community is something we create by sharing. Sharing our common interests. Sharing what we have. Sharing our hope for the future. Because we all need a place where we can feel safe and be loved. Because the challenges in Winnipeg are not impossible to solve and we must come together to solve them. Today on Because Radio, Extra Life North holds a 24-hour game-a-thon to raise money for the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. We'll speak with artist and designer Iris Lozen to learn more about her visual display titled The Historical Progression of Ribbon Shirts for First Fridays this week. Learn about the process behind our Winnipeg Impact Maker segment. And producer Jeremy Morantz answers the seven Just Because questions leading up to season two of the Because and Effect podcast. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio, episode number 20. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Pomolo. We're at uh, episode 20. We are. It's uh, kind of a milestone episode. Uh, Sonny, you're back this week. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. How was your week? Uh, you know what? It was a busy one and I'm um, definitely looking forward to this one with it being Le Burger Week. Absolutely. And uh, there's kind of a, a charitable tie to Le Burger Week this year as well as uh, I believe a dollar from every burger sold is going to United Way Winnipeg. So uh, yeah, burgers for a good cause. What's not to love? Absolutely. Super amazing. Any particular picks that you have from this year thus far? Well, I, I don't want to pick any favorites, but uh, I will be talking about one specifically later, and we'll hear about it then. Okay, I can't wait. Well, we've got a really fantastic show today. To start things off, today's foundation feature focuses on community, and we'll learn about Extra Life North, which is a 24-hour video game marathon that's going to bring 250 gamers together to raise money for the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. So we'll be speaking with Andrew Ferris from the Children's Miracle Network and Nadia Selby from Bold Commerce, who is hosting the event. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on community. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert and Sonny here with you today. Earlier in the week, our colleague Nolan Bicknell sat down with Andrew Ferris, Program Director of the Children's Miracle Network, who also works with the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba, to talk about Extra Life North, a 24-hour video game marathon that's taking place this weekend. Andrew, thank you for being on Because Radio. Um, We're going to be talking about a pretty cool event that's happening uh, September 7th and 8th. It's a 24-hour video game marathon, Uh, but for people who don't really know what the Children's Hospital Network is, maybe just give us a a breakdown of what the organization is all about and and what the main mandate is. So the Children's Miracle Network is a network of corporate partners that we have uh, across Canada who all essentially run campaigns for us and do special events for us all to raise money for their local Children's Miracle Network hospital. Um, So, you know, anything from an ask at the till to running, you know, various events in store, uh, it's all essentially them joining together and raising money for their children's hospital. And it's a pretty cool um, event that's happening, but give me uh, an example of what the funds go towards when people 
sit down and, and do fundraisers for you guys? Sure. So uh, right now we're really raising uh, money for the hospital's greatest needs. So uh, that's anything from program innovation to provide support for children and their families going through a difficult time uh, to research at the Children's Hospital Research Institute of Manitoba, which is the only uh, center of its kind in the Prairie Provinces. And then we're also raising money for uh, areas such as specialized equipment to help diagnose and treat children. Uh, and renovation and creation. Uh, one thing in that area that we're raising money for is um, a, a mental health play space, as well as the uh, state-of-the-art uh, cardiac center. Very cool. So, I mean, you haven't been with the organization for very long, but what's it? what does it mean to these kids to get some of these benefits that they wouldn't necessarily have without these fundraisers? Well, I mean, it, it means everything. Uh, we, we see over 130,000 kids that come to the hospital each year. Uh, and to put that into perspective, that's kind of like filling the Bell MTS place eight times. Um, so... And it's, it's not only just for the children, it's for the families as well. I mean, we're giving them the top-notch treatment and care they need, but we're also giving the whole family the support they need as well. And it's, it's always a difficult time to have, you know, a child in the, in the hospital. So it really just eases the process and, and gives the care that they need. And it's for short-term stays, long-term stays, kind of the whole gamut? All of it, yeah, yeah all of yeah, it, for sure. Yeah. Um, so who's all partnering for this 24-hour extra-life gaming experience that you can tell us about? So we have a lot of uh, corporate partners. Um, it is hosted by Bold Commerce, uh, which is, a, they've been doing a great job of hosting, of planning this event, uh, and hosted by Flocker as well. And then we also have a bunch of other sponsors uh, coming along in media. So they're all kind of teaming up to, to make it a great event. How do you feel when you see so many different organizations coming together for this amazing cause? It's a great feeling. Uh, I mean, any time that corporations, individuals, anybody in our community rally together for a great, great cause, it's, it's just motivating, you know? If someone out there is listening right now, how could they get in? Is there still time to sign up and game or are all the slots filled or what's the situation? You know, I do believe that? all the slots are filled, uh, but do check out the website, extralifenorth.com. Uh, you know, keep track of it. Keep track of Bold's uh, posting on social media. Keep track of the Children's Hospital Foundation uh, posts on social media. Uh, and I mean, if there's no spots this year and next year, it's going to be bigger and better. So I encourage you guys to, to keep track of it and, and sign up. If... Uh someone's not going to be around to watch. I think you can watch it on Twitch, which is a video game streaming uh, platform service. Um, but how can people get involved with the Children's Hospital Foundation if they just like what the work what work you're doing and they just want to help out? Absolutely. I mean, there's always volunteer opportunities for us at the Children's Hospital that you guys can go through and look at on our website, which is goodbear.ca. Uh, and honestly, every, all the staff here at the foundation are, are really encouraging and really motivating. And if you have anything you're interested in, just, just reach out to us. You know, Our emails are all online, so... Just, just hit us up. So goodbear.ca, what sorts of things are you looking, can people donate toys and games or is it just cash or what's the main, like how does that all work? I mean, whatever people are comfortable with really, uh, if, whether it be toys, you know, monetary donations, uh, we, we take everything and we appreciate everything, so. Very cool. Um, so it's not just going to be gaming for 24 hours. I saw that there's a couple other things happening. What are you most looking forward to when you're going to be there helping out? I think the thing I'm most excited for is, so we have, a bunch of uh, hospital children uh, ambassadors and a champion child as well that are going to be gaming uh, together. That's so cool. So it's going to be really cool. Um, it's going to be happening at some point from one to four during that day. So just seeing the kids play is going to be it's going to be really fun. That's got to be just amazing to you know give that a little bit of extra hope and that little bit of extra energy boost to someone who's going through probably the worst experience in their exactly. life in so, in some cases for sure. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add or to tell people about the event that's happening September seventh and eighth? 
Um, honestly, I just want to thank everybody for the support, the continued support they have for the Children's Hospital. Um, I, I can't say enough that it means a lot to us, and you know we really do appreciate it. So that's goodbear.ca for more information, or extralifenorth.com. You got it. Beautiful. Uh, Angie, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Good luck uh, next week, and uh, have a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. Nolan also sat down with Nadia Selby, event specialist at Bold Commerce, the hosts of Extra Life North, the 24-hour video game marathon that's raising funds for the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. Nadia, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So there's a very cool event. We just heard from Andrew. He told us a little bit about it, but let's get into the nitty gritty about what's going to be happening at Bold Commerce September 7th and 8th, raising money for an amazing cause and... uh, playing video games for 24 straight hours. What's happening? For sure. So the event, um, like you know, is called Extra Life North. Um, it is a 24-hour charity gaming event where we get people to sign up and come join under one roof um, and play games to help sick kids. So you can play with your PC, with a console, tabletop, handheld. Um, you can even play ping pong or foosball. Very Any cool. kind of game that gets you kind of out there and, you know, playing games. I read you're going to be feeding people and having some other side games. What, what exactly are people going to expect when they come through the doors for the 24 hours? Yeah, so everybody has their own station that they sit at. So depending on what you've signed up for, what you're playing with, um, everyone has their own station where they have their own individual setup. Um, and then we have some vendors who have joined us and come on board. So we've got some um, arcade games. We've got some VR stuff that's happening so people can give that a try. We've got a whole tabletop section. So anybody who's not familiar with some of the more popular and less popular tabletop games. Um, It's a good way to get a little bit of exposure and get a little bit of knowledge about what that's kind of about. Sweet. Yeah. There's probably a lot of moving parts in this and a lot of different partners. How do you feel when you finally see things kind of coming together and for such a good cause, all these different groups coming together for one one cause? Yeah, it's really great. That's one thing that Bold is really like passionate about um, and why we kind of wanted to host an event like this um, because it kind of allows the ability to get 250 people under one roof at one time playing games and raising money for an amazing cause, Children's Hospital Foundation. Um, And I don't think you can really do that, Um, you know, getting all your friends kind of together and setting it up yourself. So it's nice to have everybody kind of come together and, you know, pitch in and see it all come to... So, so this, yeah, yeah. So this is the second annual. I understand. What was the first year like, and what's going to be a little bit different this year? So we've actually done it for um, two years. Uh, where the first year we started off, it was just a couple people from our company, um, and then the second year we did it in 2016 was kind of our larger event um, where we had about. I think about 72 participants. Um, And this year we're aiming for 250. So where are they all gonna sit? We have moved everything um, in every space that we can think of to make space um, at our headquarters. So they'll be sitting in our atrium, they'll be sitting in some of our um, department spaces and kind of this crazy floor plan where it kind of moves about and you can kind of check everything out. It's gonna be a chaotic, uh, well, it's probably been a chaotic planning it, but it's gonna be a very chaotic 24 hours. What are you most looking forward to throughout the whole uh, actual event? Um, I think the most exciting part is gonna be when the champion kids are, are there. and you That's get what to Andrew see, said earlier yeah, too, yeah. You get to see the impact it has on them. Um, and it's also kind of cool to see like their faces of kind of like, I, I don't know how many of them have ever been to an event where they see 250 people kind of coming together, you know, playing video games and um, for 
for them essentially so it'll be kind of cool once like the kickoff happens and it's like everyone's kind of like into their into their zone um it'll be really exciting to kind of yeah experience that see it all happen yeah, for all sure. at once. i mean how do you feel when you see the impact of the children's hospital network and all these great things being for these kids who are in very precarious situations some of which are probably the worst that they've ever experienced how are you feeling when you are trying to make those experiences better you know, I think a lot of us who are involved have been impacted some way with either Extra Life or Children's Hospital. Um, so I think it has kind of a lot of personal meaning to a lot of people who are involved in this event, whether it's, you know, organizing behind the scenes, people who are involved with fundraising um, or just being, you know, some of the ideas behind how this event happens. Um, so I think in that sense, it's a lot of personal, you know, people can kind of relate either themselves. They were, you know, needed the hospital when they were young or maybe they have children or family who's used the hospital before. So I think that personal, you know, kind of touch and, you know, makes and connection. Yeah, definitely. If people are listening right now and want to help in some way or participate in some way, where can they find out more information? So extralifenorth.com is probably the best place to find all the information about signing up, um, volunteering, donating, um, and then where you can get information also too for coming down and checking things out if you kind of just want to see what the event's about. Um, and it's also a great way to, um, if you decide you didn't get a chance to participate because there wasn't space for you because we sold out, um, you can add your name to kind of the contact list and we will reach out to you and let you know about future events and how you can be a part of it next time. It's a pretty cool community that's being created here of like-minded individuals who have similar interests and who have similar causes that they care about. It's very cool. Yeah, very. Is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, today before we say goodbye? No, I think this is great. Okay. I'm very excited for everything to happen and yeah. Well, good luck. Thank have you. fun and uh, enjoy the games. Awesome. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Nolan. You just heard Nolan Bicknell in conversation with Nadia Selby, event specialist at Bold Commerce, and their Extra Life North event is taking place this Saturday through Sunday for a full 24 hours. You can find more information at extralifenorth.com. Up next on Because Radio, producer Jeremy Morant sat down with local Indigenous designer Iris Lozon to learn more about her upcoming visual display titled The Historical Progression of Ribbon Shirts. Lozon designed 10 ribbon shirts, 9 representing different periods of history and 1 representing her idea of the future. I'm Jeremy Morantz. You're listening to Because Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sitting here right now with Iris Lozen, the artist behind the upcoming visual display called The Historical Progression of Ribbon Shirts. Thank you so much for joining me, Iris. Thank you for inviting me. So let's start off. Well, tell our listeners, what is this visual display? What's it going to look like and what does it consist of? Again, it's called The Historical Progression of Ribbon Shirts. Tell us about it. Okay. I have uh, 10, 10 models, 10 male models, and they're each going to be wearing one shirt, and it's going to bring uh, people from the very beginning of when they made uh, came up with ribbon shirts, why ribbon shirts were created. Um, I had to do a lot of uh, research. Uh, there's not a lot of research out there about ribbon shirts the, like the early uh, early days, and then what uh, what the progression of you know in style, and uh, what influenced them up to today and I have one shirt 
uh, that celebrates like maybe our future to uh, end it off. And that that display will be taking place at an upcoming event. Uh, can you tell us what to expect from the event itself? Well, the show uh, or the visual display starts at seven. The doors open at six, and there's a mix and mingle afterwards. Uh, I have um, an MC and a DJ that's, mm-hmm. that are going to be helping me with the uh, with the effects. Um, the music I've I picked out will be. Um, appropriate for that time period. David McLeod of NCI, he's, he's my MC, and he has a lot of uh, knowledge of uh, music history, and so he'll be really helpful in, yeah. in that light. But um, the models, the, the male models will be coming out one at a time, and they'll be uh, spoken through the progression leading up to today, and then they'll all come out at, at the end together uh, as a finale and then afterwards uh, will be a mix and mingle and I have a cafe bistro. They'll be walking around with plates of uh, finger food and there'll be coffee and uh, there's their house specialty of ice, iced tea. I think it's cranberry iced tea or something. So you mentioned that a lot of research went into the development of this visual display. Tell us a little bit about the history behind it and what you learned while putting it all together. What I was really surprised in learning uh, from the research that I did is that ribbon shirts, uh, they go back before ni- the 1970s, but men, our men didn't really actually start wearing them until the 1970s. And that was mainly brought about because of the American Indian Movement, which took place in 1973. And there weren't a lot of uh, ribbon shirts worn at that time during that uh, during the occupation there, but there were a couple of uh, shirts worn by some some of the prominent uh, figures there, and I believe that's what really uh, brought them to life to what to what we have uh, from what they're wearing now. You know, there's a there's a history. Uh, I had to speak to some elders. Uh, it was really hard getting. Uh, historical research on the beginnings of them because I think that uh, at the time that they were uh, being worn in the beginning, their ceremonies or um, the reason they were wearing were outlawed. So there's not a lot of pictures of them. And they did a lot of their their ceremonies in the evening so they wouldn't uh, be arrested. And that's probably where they started and this they were called shirt of honor and they were used also in the ghost dance and so there's not a lot of uh photographs of them as you mentioned the way it's going to work is the models will come out one by one uh and each one will be wearing a shirt that progresses through time and you said you developed one that kind of will be symbolic of the future in your mind can you tell us how you uh, conceptualized what you think the future would look like? Well, I think the future for us looks positive and more, uh, I guess, educated from from the outside point of uh, who we are and, and what we want. Um, we're not uh, we're not depressed and we're not somber. We're uh, we have a lot to uh, live for and celebrate. So that the last shirt is. Uh, focused on that what uh what led you to becoming an artist in general well 
I started out uh, as a painter and a sculptor um, in my earlier years, um, throughout my childhood, and that I, I was always artistic. It was my best subject in school. It was probably the only subject that I, I could really stay focused with. Um, but it was in my early 20s, I, I suppose, that I stumbled upon uh, design, and then I turned my my focus onto uh, like ink, fabric, and clothing, and that. Mm-hmm. And you can really express quite quite a bit through uh, fabric and uh, garments. What led you to the topic of ribbon shirts? What about ribbon shirts interested you as a as a subject for an art piece? I've been making ribbon shirts uh, well since probably. The, the time that I started uh, doing design, I start I started uh, design seriously in '95 after I graduated uh, Yvonne School of Design in Saskatoon, and uh, I just uh, I was just fascinated by uh, the colors, and I think it's important that uh, when people dress that they they have garments that fit them properly, and when I see um, yeah, that's what the, I just like to dress people uh, beautifully and uh, so that they can express who they are. And a lot of these shirts are made for specific events or specific people. Well, the event sounds like it'll be an evening of, uh, of education and also of entertainment. Um, lastly, just tell us details like when the event is and the timing and everything. The event takes place September 6th at 245 McDermott Avenue. It's on the third floor. The doors open at 6 p.m. and the visual display starts at 7 and there's a mix and mingle afterwards. It's also no cost uh, because it's an educational event. Well, if you're interested, go ahead and check it out. Iris, thank you so much for talking to me today. For Because Radio, I'm Jeremy Morantz. Up next on Because Radio, we'll take a look back at some of the Winnipeg Impact Makers we've recently featured on Because Radio and learn about what inspired the Winnipeg Impact Makers segment. Thank you so much for listening today. As you already know, each week on the show, we have a segment called Winnipeg Impact Makers, where my co-host Sonny Primolo goes into the community to speak with businesses and Winnipeggers about the amazing things that they're doing to make our community better for good forever. So Sonny, I wanted to take a chance, uh, you know, we've, we're now on episode 20 and we've seen a lot of different impact makers from all different walks of life highlighted as part of the segment. But I wanted to take a moment to step back and I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners why you wanted to have a segment like Winnipeg Impact Makers here on Because Radio. Absolutely, Rob. So it's well known that Manitoba is one of the most generous provinces in the country. And in a world full of bad news and controversy, I wanted to highlight the good in our city, specifically the people behind it. So with the help of yourself and our other producers, we started looking for businesses with great corporate social responsibility practices and values, as well as individuals in the community who are doing amazing things to make our city that much better. That's fantastic. And I think that goes to show that 
you know, we all as individuals can make a difference. You don't have to necessarily be with a large organization to do something. You know, a lot of the initiatives that we've seen on Winnipeg Impact Makers have just been these these grassroots initiatives, just someone with an idea who really wanted to make a change and, and had the follow through to make things happen. So um, it's fantastic to highlight that because that I think inspires more and more people to do the same thing. So I'm wondering if you can speak to as well the idea behind the focus on businesses and local Winnipeggers in the community as your focus for the Winnipeg Impact Makers segment. Yeah, so I think it's important for the local consumer to know the values behind the companies they're purchasing from. I feel like that it's uh, better to support or purchase a product from a company if you know that they're giving back to the community, supporting our local economy, working to save our environment, or looking out for our physical and mental health. Also, Winnipeg needs to know that there are amazing people doing amazing things in our community, and hopefully by hearing these stories, they follow that example. So let's get to a couple of those stories uh, that you featured on the segment on the show. Who are some of the more memorable impact makers that stand out to you? Well, you know, they're all amazing, but if I had to pick someone out of a hat, and given that it's Le Burger Week, I'll mention St. James Burger and Chip Company. The owner, Ravi, wanted to support youth in the community, so they started two scholarships. Check it out. My store manager at St. James Burger actually went to Silver Heights, and my wife had went there for a little bit too, so that was pretty cool. It was an easy give back choice. Um, and then we thought, you know what, let's support these kids coming out here because those kids are going to be our customers for a long time. So that's what we decided to do, give 500 to each school. Um, and our scholarship detail is that we want to choose kids that are giving back to the community. So whoever the school tells us is giving back the most and doing the most volunteer work, that's just going to get this $500 scholarship. That's awesome. So what a great way to give back to others that give back as well. Exactly. He was our very first impact maker and going back to the River City 360 days. Also, with the recent change in the weather, another group comes to mind. The Dawson Trail Knitters for Charity, an amazing group of ladies who come together all year to knit winter accessories for charitable organizations. They're truly making a difference helping others stay warm during the winter season. We just feel good that we could get together here as long as we have the bowl and we keep knitting and passing it on and we know that they appreciate it. Last year for the full year we passed over 1,392 pieces. That's toques, mitts, scarves, sweaters, whatever the ladies knit. So if we get enough wool donated we hope to match that up for this year. That's a fantastic story as well. And we know how cold it gets here in Winnipeg. And, and there are a lot of organizations that are always in need of, uh, of warm winter clothing. So what a wonderful way to, uh, you know, to use your hobby t- as a way of, of giving back and making the city and the community a little better. My thoughts exactly. And that's just two of the impact makers we have in our city. So let's talk about the future of Winnipeg Impact Makers. Are there any other businesses or local Winnipeggers that you have in mind for the segment in the future? Well, we're always looking for impact makers in our city. So if any of our listeners know someone who is making an impact in our city, definitely let us know. But for the immediate future, look out for stories from the Shameless Circle, who will be holding their first fundraiser this month. And we'll also hear from Farm Fresh Food Hub, who holds the South Osborne Farmer's Market each Wednesday till the end of the month. Stay tuned. 
Definitely. So to hear the full interviews from these and other Winnipeg Impact makers, you can find the full archives on becauseradio.org. And if you really want to time travel, you can even go back to rivercity360.org, um, which was the uh, the previous show title before uh, before we became Because Radio. But mm-hmm. there's still a few Impact makers in the later portions of the RC360 archives. And if any of our listeners know of someone making an impact, uh, you know, of a local business that's doing good in the community or an individual who's starting an initiative that is also making our community better, making a positive impact, feel free to reach out and call us 204-944-9474 extension 360 is the number to call um, and just leave a voice message for us there. You can also message us on social media. Um, We are at WPGFDN. That's the Winnipeg Foundation on all uh, social media platforms. Or you can also check out our website at becauseradio.org. Sonny, thanks again for uh, for sharing these moments, these highlights from Winnipeg Impact Makers with us today. Thank you, Rob. And thank you to all of our Winnipeg Impact Makers. Up next on Because Radio, season two of the Because and Effect podcast is just around the corner with new episodes beginning on Tuesday. While we wait, host Nolan Bicknell asked our producer Jeremy Morantz the seven Just Because questions from the end of each show, and we will hear his responses coming up next on Because Radio. Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in studio by Jeremy Morantz. He is another producer here at Because Radio. Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. So in episodes past, I have had both Robert and Sonny, the hosts of this wonderful program, in the seat that you're sitting in now to, to go through the Just Because questions. It's seven questions that I ask at the end of every um, because and effect podcast. So, Jeremy, are you okay to answer these seven questions and uh, give it a go? I'm ready. Great. Question one: What is the first cause that you actually remember caring about? When I was when I was probably about five years old, I remember my parents coming home from the doctor and saying, "Nathan, my little brother, was diagnosed with autism, severe autism, in fact, autism spectrum disorder." And I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't know what it was, but I knew it meant that he was different. And I knew that all my peers in elementary school didn't have a sibling on the autism spectrum disorder. And I remember the first cause I ever cared about was finding a cure. I remember asking my parents, (laughs) I know that's a lofty ambition, but I was a kid and I remember asking my parents, well, will they find a cure? And of course it's not a simple answer because to find a cure you need to figure out what the cause is. Right, for sure. Well, that's it is lofty, but at the same time, it's pretty admirable that that was your first mindset. That's my first thought. That's brilliant. Cure. <laughs> Question two. If money, politics, and logistics were no issue at all, what's the first thing you would do in support of that cause? I, When I watch movies or TV shows that star a character with autism, they're out there. You know, The Good Doctor is currently on TV or the movie Rain Man with Dustin Hoffman, which is actually a pretty good movie. But... The, the this mainstream media idea that having autism just means you are a socially awkward person, but you're brilliantly gifted and you're a genius is not my experience. That's that's not at all my experience with what my brother's autism was like. So if none of those factors were an issue, I would disseminate information to the mass general public that autism can come in many forms and it doesn't look like what you think it looks like. It doesn't look like Dustin Hoffman. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty big reason for the stigma is just a lack of exposure, lack totally. of lack of experience, a little bit of ignorance mixed in, and then just people making assumptions about what they see. Yeah, and I can't blame people if all they've seen is is Benedict Cumberbatch playing Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but uh, there, there's a lot more to it, and I would I, I hope people can one day understand yeah for sure very well said question three what's the well this kind of leads into what we were just talking about but what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about, the, about oh that'd be it yeah that'd be it that uh someone with autism is just uh a little awkward uh but a genius you know mm-hmm. my, my brother uh could barely articulate uh, a sentence. In fact, most of the time couldn't. He would <laughs> urinate on the walls, and when he wanted to go for a car ride, he would just go car, car, car. And and I, I just I feel like that's that's something that's an image of autism that a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. is out there. Well, just as the aut- the autism itself is on a spectrum like people people's understanding of what that spectrum actually the the extremes that it can go to are obviously very limited absolutely and and i also on that note don't want to make it seem like uh the more the higher functioning end of the spectrum isn't as important of course mm-hmm. it is there are so many people out there on the high end of the autism spectrum and that's a whole issue on its own because those folks under their cognitive to the point where they understand something is a little different about themselves. Whereas with my brother, he was so far down on the other end. He there's was, no awareness. There's no awareness. Yeah. So it does absolutely go both ways. Well, it's weird that we categorize those things with the same name. It's bizarre. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, uh, it's because it's hard to put, it's, it's hard to put people with autism in a box. That's why yeah. for so long, I actually think there's controversy with the puzzle piece symbol now, but for so long, there's the, the puzzle piece symbol uh, to represent autism spectrum disorder because everyone with autism is, is different, you know? Um, so it's, it's, that's why it is a spectrum and that's why it's not a box. Right. Let's switch gears a little bit. Question four is, what is a time in your life where you've had to pivot because a plan wasn't necessarily working? It doesn't have to be related to your brother, but it can be. There was a there was a time when I uh, had a very solid and consistent group of friends in my life, and uh, that friend group ended up making decisions that I myself clashed with and could not couldn't continue to associate with. So I had to pivot. I had to pivot, and there was a time when that pivot uh, caused caused me to have no friends <laughs> for a while. You know, when you're when you're in between jobs, it's like it's like that. I was in between friend groups, essentially. And um, but at the end of the day, it was all for the best because I went I went into a school program and I met some of the best and most like minded people I possibly could have imagined who will for sure be my lifelong friends. That's kind of an important thing that not a lot of people do when you, you know, you kind of got to cut the bad fruit off the tree so the rest of the tree can flourish. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. And uh, you, d- you don't know something's toxic until you really take a step back and you're like, wow, that, that was, was bad. That was, that was toxic. <laughs> question six or sorry, question five. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? I wish I remember exactly how it was articulated to me, but the gist of it was you just in the in the face of absolute tragedy and in the face of nightmare being reality you just have to keep waking up just keep waking up every day because that's really all you can do that's the only option you just live what else what else do you do just keep going and that was like really inspiring to me to think oh 
all I have to do is look at it as waking up each morning. I feel like that's like a Finding Nemo Dory quote. <laughs> just, just keep, keep swimming. swimming. <laughs> it has the same sentiment. Yeah. So leading into that, what question six, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self if you could talk to him right now? You're way cooler than you think you are. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like insecurity and, um, and uh, self-esteem has been probably secondary to the autism cause in my life because it's definitely something I've always struggled with. I've never felt the self-worth that I think I've deserved to feel. So if I could go back to that 10-year-old version of myself, I would just say, you're great. Like you, I know you have this idea of who you are, but you're so cool. Well said. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I want my mark leaving, whether it's leaving this, this world or leaving a conversation, I, w- I want that mark to be having made someone laugh or having made someone's day a little more interesting or brighter. Leave every situation you enter in better off than when you found it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you for doing this. They're not easy questions, but if you wanted to hear some of our guests on the Because and Effect podcast answer these questions, you can absolutely do that. If you go to becauseandeffect.org, you can hear dozens of people, uh, Winnipeggers, who are making the world a better place answer those questions, as well as have a pretty in-depth conversation. The Because and Effect podcast returns this coming September 10th uh, with season two. Jennifer Jones is going to be our first episode of season two she will be answering these just because questions and we'll have a great talk about her life uh, her career her gold medal in sochi and so much more again that's because and effect.org for all 12 of season one and season two launching september 10th jeremy thank you for being in the hot seat and answering our just because questions we really appreciate it it was a pleasure That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Or you can also email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sonny Pomolo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.